Well, welcome to Tea for Lunch, a weekly show powered by Arcade. Each week, we'll serve you the top stories we're following in social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch the show live on Instagram every Thursday at around 12.30 p.m. Mount Center Time or on all podcast providers every Friday and also on YouTube. This week, we're your hosts, Mitzi and... Mike. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Podcasts, IG Live, YouTube. I know. The IG Live is failing us, though. I know. We're about to cut that. Come on. <laughs> Well, uh, it's called tea for lunch, but we're drinking coffee today. It's one of those, just one of those days. And we had the Christmas cups. The truth is I drink coffee every single tea for lunch. I don't think I ever drink tea. Sorry. It's a dated concept, I guess. (laughs) I've been saying this for a while. It's like, I don't like tea. And the the show is tea for lunch as in like, what is the tea? You don't like tea, but you love the tea. I love the tea. That's true. Here's the coffee and holiday cups. We've been having a crazy week, but last night, I'm very proud that I introduced Mike to the one and only Amelia de, de Moldenberg of Chicken Shop Date. I was going to say, who's that? <laughs> Chicken, yeah, Shop Chicken Date. Chicken Shop Date. It was and good. we like binged her content. It was so good. What was your favorite one that we watched? Jack Harlow. Like the vibes between them, they're like kind of like, he's just kind of like a flirty dude. So I think my favorite one was the last one. What was his name? Oh, was it Rima or something like that? Yeah. Is that He's like a, a rapper? rapper? Yeah, something like that. I think he's big, but I don't know who he is. Yeah. But he was funny. He was so funny. Yeah. He was kind of like kept shutting her down. Like she kept trying. Oh, and I love the Rosalia one. That was good, actually. Yeah, I hers was funny. Too. She was funny. She was kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and just laughed at everything she said. Totally, yeah. It was it was fun. She's was funny. Glad. Yeah, and I yeah. love her content. It was just Do you so think funny. you could be a little more deadpan like her with your humor? I could try. It's just hard. I think it would play well. I know. I actually like came away from watching that thinking I should stop laughing. Because I feel like it's funnier if you, be a little you harder crack to get. a joke and then I don't laugh. It's like not as obvious. Right. Like deadpan only works if you can like be deadpan. You do have a good eye roll. Wow. You're not always laughing at what I have. At to least say. you appreciate it when you get it. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, um, we're just kind of working away. Big news is that we didn't actually include in today's stories is that the Met Gala theme was announced. Mm, right. Um, Big news. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. Like the Met Gala is always, it's always something, a moment. Yeah. For sure. To watch. It's interesting to see what people wear, who mm. shows up on the red carpet. Um, the only thing about this year's theme is it's so vague. Like, it's so hard to understand. We hate a vague theme. I know. I mean, it's nice because you can do anything with it. We just announced like, our holiday party and the theme was not vague. No, You had a lookbook for the theme. I have a lookbook. It's only because everyone keeps asking me, like, what do I wear? Like, what's the vibe? And I want to yeah. keep something secret. So I've provided a lookbook as a gentle recommendation for those who are wondering what they should wear. Fantastic. I need that. Yeah, I know. You definitely I'm at a loss for what I'm going to wear. I don't really like dressing up, so I got to find a a better angle. Well, I think you should find a dress-up angle. I know, but like an angle that works for me. Right. Yeah, I've had my dress for like a year, so I'm ready to go. The only thing I have to figure out now is hair and makeup because I have bangs, so it kind of completely changes like my evening like look. Bangs change everything. It really does. Um, Yeah, so the Met Gala is interesting, but also Modern Warfare 3 is uh, releasing today and tomorrow. Today for us, because we're on Mountain Standard Time, tomorrow for people on Eastern Time or across the pond. Remind me, that is a video game? Call of Duty, yeah. 
Call of Duty that you play on your PlayStation. Yes. Not a computer. Yeah, Mitzi's not big on video games, mm-hmm. but she um, cares about me a lot. And I felt it in the last year, I think it was last year, that it would just be a great way for me to like decompress from work and stress sometimes. So I don't play it a lot, but yeah, I picked up a PS4 last year. And Call of Duty has always been a treat ever since I played video games in high school. Um, r- realistically, though, Halo. I don't play Halo now because I'm on PlayStation, but back in the day, Halo was the My memory of Halo is being in university and like in our dorm room when like some sort of Halo came out. And every single couch in like the common area, which had like 20 couches, was moved into one person's dorm room. And they like squished them all in and they changed this like huge room into like a bed of couches so they could literally stay up all night and play. It yeah. was stinky. Memories, memories, memories. Yeah. Junk so, food, late nights. Sounds gross. Land parties, I think is what they called them. You know what? Speaking of video games, yeah. I the last book that I read for book club was called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And it was about video game designers, like the back wow. end of video games. Okay. And that got me really excited because it was like a really good book. I was supposed to read that. You didn't read it? I just it. haven't been keeping up. And this year's book club theme or book club or book club is Britney's memoir, which is a complete one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it and listening to it and it's so sad. Yeah. Like it's good to listen to, but it's also like just kind of like, oh she's had a tough go. That's an understatement. For sure. My goodness. But anyways, it's really good and I'm excited to hear hear everyone's thoughts about it. Everyone but you. Everyone but me. I also, before we move on from video games, I saw that Grand Theft Auto 6, which is the new iteration of the game, they've been working on it since 2014, could potentially hit nearly $2 billion in like cost to produce the video games, which would be the most, I think even if it was like $250 million, it would be the most expensive video game ever developed, but it's in the billions, which is wild. Okay. But anyway, should we get into the tea? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, first up, it's time. F- oh, wait. This, this is, is my you. part. It's time for the SIP, your weekly rundown of the top stories happening in social media. First up, Instagram is testing the ability to turn off read receipts. I've never used read receipts on iMessage, so I, I feel know. like I kind of like that. Like you, Especially for those of us, um, and I know there are many of us that like don't like all those unread notifications. It's nice to be able to just open a message so the notification is gone, whether you plan to reply or not, and it doesn't the person doesn't feel like you're leaving them on red, you know. Mm-hmm. No comment. Instagram's also testing a feature that allows users to collaborate on carousel posts. And Meta is testing offering an ad-free Instagram and Facebook subscription for European users and Meta is also launching AB testing options for Reels. Okay, it realistically, would you pay for an ad-free Instagram experience? Because I'm starting to think that I would. Like because like all of on my stories, I feel like it used to be every 10 stories you'd get an ad. But these days it's like every three stories you're getting an ad and you're getting two back to back. So you're like, oh, okay, let's get through this. And it's just like, it feels like for me, Instagram is a place where I just like go quickly. Like I don't go deep. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that like I'm starting to feel like I would be at that point. And maybe that's by design. Like maybe they're just like flooding the, the algorithm with ads right now because one is like peak advertising season, but also because they're thinking about providing this like paid option. So people are getting more annoyed with ads. So you can just pay to turn them off, which would be terrible for our business, by the way. 
I don't know. I'm like, well, do you really want to advocate for this? Mm-hmm. I think I probably would. Um, the most annoying ads on Instagram for me are in stories, but not so much just when you're flipping through. I, like it is what it is and you can easily flip past it. But I, I constantly find myself getting confused because when you swipe back, like say you saw a story and then you swiped past it, but then you wanted to revisit it, you swipe back to look at it. Often at with that action, an ad will pop up. Yeah. Or if it doesn't, when you go after you see the one that you swiped back to see, when you start swiping forward again, an ad will pop up. So you get almost like disoriented. Like, where is the story that I expected to see next? Totally. Um, and you just end up going back and forth a few times until you get like kind of re-regulated and find where you were again and keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the edge. Like I would, I would consider paying for mm-hmm. a subscription or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's more. Threads <laughs> is working on an API, which would allow third-party apps to schedule posts to the platform, which, uh, I mean, they need they would take anything they can get to get people more active <laughs> yeah, on Threads. Literally. And lastly, LinkedIn has officially hit 1 billion users. I really think LinkedIn has been on its glow up. It's been getting better and better over the last couple of years. Um, less just like a cesspool of polls and mm. more like actually like decent content um, and conversation. I feel like engagement is high on LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm not really on LinkedIn as much. I try. I'm, I'm, I know I should be, but mm-hmm. it's just like not part of like my usual like content like checking. Fair enough. Okay, let's get into our main stories. First up, according to a new report, content creators are surging past legacy news media. A recent report found that audiences for traditional news outlets are shrinking while audiences for independent news sources are growing. Hello, no surprise there. There's a couple of reasons for this shift. One, upfront costs are removed with social media platforms, meaning more people can create and share news content. Secondly, a lot of these creators reject the neutrality of traditional journalism and are instead using their platforms for a more activist lens, which creates polarizing responses from audiences and more engagement. Um, So audiences are reportedly following creators that speak on issues that they feel traditional media ignores while getting connected with like-minded people in these creator communities. For Canadians, news outlets are no longer available to post on social media platforms, meaning they can't be followed anyway. So this is like no surprise there too. So yeah, that is, I think, so interesting as someone who has like went to school for journalism. I always envisioned that I would become like a reporter. Um, And now that I'm like not that, it's kind of like interesting to see how like legacy news media isn't getting as much support from people and they're they're maybe losing their influence, which is like kind of like, I'm not surprised, but also kind of sad because I think there is like a practice and a, and like a really important role that journalism should play in democracy and, you know, institutions, some news institutions who have done a really good job at like protecting that role and that practice of like journalism um, they're losing out on their audiences and they're struggling and all newspapers like can't, it's like hard for them to stay open. So I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted here because I can see why this is happening. Um, because lately like it's, there's a war on traditional news media. Yeah. I think it's only going to get worse for legacy media. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think once he's the slip begins, um, it, integrity will only become more compromised because they, there's this more like feeling of desperation to still earn audiences' attention. Yeah. 
And then it becomes more about like what's going to drive more clicks, what's going to get more of an emotional response rather than like the integrity of the truth. Right. And then the other danger is with people like creators who are just reporting on the news with their like their position like up front and like knowing that this is where they stand on things. And they're creating like this like vacuum of people who all believe the same things and they're not open to like critical like debate or other worldviews or point of views. Like, I think that's really dangerous. So I don't know what the solve is. Like, it's not like you can just like force people to be open to like hearing an opposing idea. Um, and like neutrality doesn't exist. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to, to see like, what's, what's the way out of this? I know it's, uh, like you said, it be, these creators can become an echo chamber and there's a lot of bias and not necessarily the same verification process that we used to see for for news and media. But the, I think the problem is at the same time that we're, we perceive that that integrity isn't there with legacy media anymore either. Yeah. Where it, you know, like a big news network would previously be perceived to always have like verified, like double or triple verified their sources before announcing or like going public with something. Now there's more perception around it being like politically influenced and mm-hmm. um, even like kind of back channel, like paid for. And we've seen like political influences even on social platforms too. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff was leaked about Twitter after Elon took over and like the influence kind of behind the scenes of different political parties during election campaigns and stuff like that yeah. too. So, you know, what's so crazy is like it's really hard to know where to get news now. I know. Like, it's where, tough. where do you go? It's tough. Like you literally have to pay to a news outlet, which I don't think there's anything wrong with paying for that. But it's like, which one do you pay for? And then also like, I don't know, it's, it's, then you don't, you only get one, you know, side of it. And I don't know, it's, it's hard. I don't have the solution. Yeah. But it's a little dicey. It is. Um, Next up, a little bit lighter, luxury brands are continuing to pivot to athletic partnerships. Uh, We've been talking about sports partnerships for a while on this show, and they don't look like they'll be slowing down anytime soon, which is fun for me because I like sports. This week, Tiffany & Co. was announced as an official partner of the Shanghai Marathon. The brand will be designing the official trophies and medals for the event, which takes place pretty soon on November 26th. The announcement comes in anticipation of Singles Day, the unofficial Chinese holiday, which is the world's biggest shopping event. Bigger than Black Friday? Yeah, it is. Aside from the promotional aspect of the partnership, more brands are moving their partnerships away from what some would consider scandal-prone entertainers to more broad audiences who are truthfully watching sporting events. In China in particular, sports stars are reportedly seen more disciplined and wholesome with a lower risk for brand damage. I don't know if that's as much the case in North America, but Mm -hmm. still to an extent. Um, Speaking of North America, we continue to see more and more movement across art, fashion, and sports. We recently talked about how Puma tapped ASAP Rocky as their new creative director for their F1 partnership. And on the back of that, now um, Puma has brought in one of my favorite artists, Joshua Vidas, to do a collection um, for Ferrari as F1 makes its return to Las Vegas. Uh, so there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to get a medal that was like Tiffany's medal. I know exactly. Like, wouldn't that be so talk about iced out? No kidding. I know. I'm into it. I wonder what the New York Marathon medals look like. <gasps> well, speaking of the New York Marathon, happened this week, and people are going crazy about it. Um, the year 
The, this year, the race is packed with reality stars, Broadway icons, and influencers. The fastest celebrity, I know you're all wondering, running the marathon was YouTuber Casey N- Neistat, Neistat, who came in at three hours and one minute, which is very impressive. Secondly was Bachelor star Matt James, who finished the race in three hours and four minutes. And other notable runners included Zach Clark of The Bachelorette, YouTuber Cody Ko, Broadway actress Patina Miller, Catfish host Nev Shulman, and Marcus from Mumford & Sons. Okay, so Nev Shulman, that's yes. that guy in the like, video. Who is that guy? He is a, the co-host of Catfish, but he also was a guide to a blind runner. So he did some content on TikTok about it where he would like – he was – actually attached to a blind runner and would be their guide during the race. And I I thought that was so cool. I could not stop crying over the New York marathon content of like people crossing the finish line or like even running the race. Like it kind of like, it's just so beautiful and emotional. It was. Yeah. There's a lot of great content and not to spend too much time on Nev, but I, I was just amazed by how like he was not he seemed like he wasn't sweating or out of breath through all the content he was creating. I know. Running this marathon. Like, he was so chill. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was really cool, Freedom Mom, um, which is a, a like a baby company, uh, they took an ad out in the New York Times on Marathon Day that said some marathoners stretch their muscles, others... Others stretch their cervix. Research shows that pregnancy requires the same physical endurance as a 40-week marathon. And then in their Instagram post that shared the campaign, they also wrote, so today we celebrate these unsung endurance athletes giving our postpartum recovery kit to every mom giving birth on Marathon Sunday because it's not just the runners who need a full recovery. And they took it one step further and they actually gifted a custom medal to every woman who gave birth on Marathon Sunday And the medal says pregnancy marathon finisher. And I think that is just one of the coolest campaigns I've ever seen. And I love, love, love it. Let's talk about being tuned in. So now I feel like I've ran two marathons. Impressive. I remember when you ran your marathon. No, I didn't actually run a marathon. A half marathon. Yeah, I ran a half marathon. That's nice of you. But I'm saying I ran two marathons because I had two kids. Oh, I thought you meant the one you ran Plus having kids. <laughs> You're saying like the one I ran as if I actually ran. I ran a half marathon once. Okay. Well, that was impressive. That's nice. As well. Thank you. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've wet your palate, go eat something more substantial. Cheers. <laughs> 